Hey guys, this week we are talking through 1 Peter 3, 1 through 12. And it says, In the same way, wives, submit yourselves to your own husband, so that even if some disobey the word, they may be won over without a word by the way their wives live, when they observe your pure, reverent lives. Don't let your beauty consist of outward things like elaborate hairstyles and wearing gold jewelry or fine clothes, but rather what is inside the heart, the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. From the past, the holy women who put their hope in God also adorned themselves in this way, submitting to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. You have become her children when you do what is good and do not fear any intimidation. Husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way as with a weaker partner, showing them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. Finally, all of you be like-minded and sympathetic, love one another, and be compassionate and humble, not paying back evil for evil or insult for insult, but on the contrary, giving a blessing, since you were called for this, so that you may inherit a blessing." For the one who wants to love life and to see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit, and let him turn away from evil and do what is good. Let him seek peace and pursue it, because the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do what is evil. Wow, that's a lot to jump into. One of the first things you might notice is wives seem to be picked on. I mean, they get, bam, six verses spoken to them. Here's what you got to do, and then the guys get one verse, and like, oh, this is one of those societies where the women are just going to have to take it. Well, uh, let's look at it a little closer. One of the things that uh, the context of this is, uh, we remember that he's writing to Christians, but it's not necessarily Christian couples. There could be mixed couples, like the the wife could be a Christian, and that's very easy to see that that scenario is true with the way that's laid out, and the husband isn't. And it could be that the husband's a Christian and the wife isn't. One of the things that we do know because of the way culture was back then, and it's not that um, the wives were equal to their husbands. Uh, there was this idea that they were in submission to their husbands already. And so it's not picking on women to say, hey, now that you've become a believer, now you're going to submit. Now you're going to start doing these ways and take this uh, diminutive role. You, actually, it's saying, stay the course. Because you are now a co-heir with Christ, and you might think, oh, this is going to be great. Uh, I, I can now, I'm his equal, I can do all these things. And while that might be true in the heavenly sense, it might be true in the spiritual sense, it might be true in the sense of your co-heirs with Christ— it was not that way in culture. And so to exert your power, your newfound uh, identity, uh, would be really bad, might be embarrassing, especially if your husband wasn't a believer. It would be rough on him. Yeah, and all of the things that Peter's already talked about still apply in these verses. For us, it's been a couple weeks, but they're hearing this all at the same time. And they're taking all of these things together, where Peter says, be holy, and he says, love each other constantly and honor everyone and fear God. They're looking at these verses that we're going through this week through the same lens that they've been looking at all these other verses that Peter's kind of set up in all these relationships. The way that we live these verses out 
might look different today than it did back then. And for sure, our world today looks different than it did back then. But as followers of Jesus, we're still called to live the gospel out wherever we've been placed, in whatever time, in whatever situation, he's calling us to follow him. I'm going to pop down to verse 3 and looking at the Good News translation, it, it words it this way. You should not use outward aids to make yourselves beautiful, such as the way you fix your hair or the jewelry you put on or dresses you wear. Instead, your beauty should consist of your true inner self. You know, when I when I read this, I know it's the reverse. So I'm, I'm about to tell you a story that's the reverse of what's being talked about here. I'm going to tell you a story about the man being concerned with that and the woman um, not being as concerned. But I think it, the principle is well worth the story. Dave Reaver, uh, if you don't know the man, uh, is a traveling uh, evangelist, and he tells the story of when he was in Vietnam, half his face was blown off and uh, was in the hospital for 14 months, uh, had countless operations, obviously discharged. But one of the most traumatic times in his life is when his uh, new bride came over to see him, uh, and he was so uh, nervous about seeing her. He was so scared because he looked like a freak. I mean, half his face is blown off. The guy can still take off his ear and show it to you. Uh, so, like, he was not excited about it. Uh, she, when she came in, she actually had to read his medical chart to make sure she was at the right bed. She did not recognize him. And then she came up to him, and he tells the story of her kissing him on the worst part of his face. And she said, I love you. And he was just overwhelmed. He couldn't believe it. And he said, how could you? She said, well, you were never that good looking in the first place. <laughs> and I just think that small, soft joke showed her true inner beauty much more than anything else could have. Peter's not alone when he talks about the relationship between husbands and wives. In Ephesians, Paul tells wives to submit their husbands. And he also says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. If I take these verses out of context and mistreat my wife, it's not me being loving. It's not me being honoring. Sometimes we read verses like these and we forget that the Lord is calling us both to follow him and to sacrifice and serve the other person. Tim Keller has a great quote and he says, The Christian teaching does not offer a choice between fulfillment and sacrifice, but rather mutual fulfillment through mutual sacrifice. I'd also like to talk about the word submit just real quick there, submission. Um, in our context, that... I don't know. I think of WWF, or I guess it's WWE now, where you have to pin someone down and make them say uncle, or, you know, you you force someone to do something that they don't want to do, and it's a painful experience. I, I actually, I, I don't look at it that way, and I don't think that's what's being called for here. Uh, submit, submission is a compound word, two Latin words, sub, uh, mission, and then mission comes from missio, which means sent or the sending thing, and sub is, of course, underneath. And so it's something that needs to be done. And the way that I think of it is, in the course of your marriage, you're going to have disagreements. Um, and, and one of you will want something, and the other person is going to want something else. And how do you decide? I mean, most of the time, you can come to an agreement. Like 99% of the time, you're going to be in an agreement. There are times that you're not going to come into agreement, and when you call for a vote, it's always one-to-one. -one. 
And so how do you end that tie? When I think of submission, I think of that as the guy gets the tie-breaking vote. Why it's that way? It's because Adam was created first, and that's how it kind of lays it out. But it's kind of done as um, a way to break the tie. So if you can't decide on something, the wife has to say, I'll submit. I'll be the one that lets you win the vote. It's an act of love. It's just a a way of saying, yep, I'm going to trust you on this one. Now, again, it was interesting that Parker brought up the Ephesians verse because that says, you know, just as Christ gave himself up for the church, like if you're wrong, men, like you're giving up your life for your wife and uh, you need to take that very serious. So you don't call for the submission vote very often. And Peter kind of sums up this section by calling all of us to be like-minded and sympathetic, to love one another and be compassionate and humble, not paying back evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing. In the context of all of these different relationships and as spiritual minorities in this world, Peter's calling us to do things we naturally might not want to do and that seem foolish in the eyes of our world. But he's reminding us that this is what we're called to as followers of Jesus. So this Sunday, we hope that you'll join us as we dive into this section of 1 Peter. We're also going to be taking communion together, and it's Mother's Day. So make sure you call your moms. We'll see you guys on Sunday.